Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Producer Jay is so clever. You're hot and then you're cold. Hot on the field and cold in your locker room. That's what you get for winning a playoff game on the road. How dare you? You get cold showers. If it was me, I would have been like, who cares? I'm going home on the plane just like this. <laughs> it's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on our Facebook page. Also on Twitter, After Hours CBS. You can still cast your vote for Monday MVP. First time in, gosh, months that we haven't had football on a Monday. Months, you guys, going back to September that we have not had football on a Monday. That includes college, of course, and then on into these first couple rounds of the playoffs. So it felt different. I'm not going to complain. I'm I'm okay with having a Monday to try to catch up, especially since my week is fairly unique. I'll elaborate on that coming up. So vote for Monday MVP. Also for our Tuesday, our Touchdown Tuesday, we will reveal those candidates later on this hour. Our phone number, 855-212-4227. That's 855-212-4CBS. Lots of questions in the NFC South, even with the surprising run of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mayfield takes him straight to the line with a minute 40. Baker leans in. There's the snap. Blitz comes. Mayfield back. Loads. Throws. Picked up. Derek Barnes, Derek Barnes, Derek Barnes. Oh, baby, 133 to go. The Lions are going to San Francisco. Derek Barnes with the interception. Oh, baby, stand up, Ford Field. Look at this. Woo! Look at this. First career interception for Derek Barnes, and how big is that? Yes, man, yes. It sucks. I feel like my heart just got ripped out, but it's football is a complex game, but it's also simple. It comes down to taking care of the ball. And in two-minute drives like that, when you know you're going to have four downs to use, um, just a, a bad bad mistake by me. And 
it sucks because uh, I know what type of group we've had all year that we fought to get to this point. We fought to be in that game. We weren't supposed to be here by any measures, but we believed in each other and we fought for it. And so, um, yeah, this, this one's going to weigh on me for a while. The voice of one Baker Mayfield who throws the pick about 90 seconds to go. His second one uh, and to have Derek Barnes come away with that interception huge for the Lions. It will be a play that is forever immortalized with the Detroit Lions franchise and the fan base. But of course, uh, ends the run for the Buccaneers and you hear Baker, uh, his body language matching his words following the game. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence and we are pleased to welcome Greg Alman, who covers the NFC South for Fox Sports. Uh, used to be with the Tampa Bay Times, covered the Bucks for a long time solely. So why don't we start there, Greg? Now that it's all said and done, how would you describe the Buccaneers season? You know, I think they exceeded expectations, um, even their own. I mean, I think outside, uh, there was not much expectation of anything for this team. You know, I think people, it was kind of easy to see that Brady was gone. Um, they had limited spending and replacing him. Um, and so you expected a big drop-off. You know, I think most people did uh, in a bad division even. So, no, for, for them to, uh, you know, to get another division title and, and you know, win a playoff game, uh, you know, in a year where you're really kind of taking your lumps financially um, with some of the salary cap pinches they were in, uh, it's pretty impressive. Why did they exceed expectations? It can't be as simple as Baker Mayfield, though I know he's part of the equation. Yeah, Baker's certainly part of it, and he's probably, of all the newcomers, the biggest part of it. But, you know, I think, you know, Brady retired, but I think, you know, so much of uh, – the team that won a Super Bowl in, in 2020 um, is still around. You know, defensively, um, you know, I forget what the number is. I guess it's probably seven starters defensively that are back from that. So I just think, you know, that kind of laid the the groundwork for a team, you know, having high expectations and expecting a lot, even without the the leader they had. I mean, you know, this past year, you know, when Brady Brady's last season in Tampa wasn't necessarily a great year for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think kind of left behind the uh, Seth of our high. You know, I think that what what Tom always knew was, you know, even a down year still can be a playoff year, you know. And I, and I think to some extent, I think that's that's been left by him here in Tampa. This is just four years in a row in the playoffs three division titles, but that's as long a run as they've ever had here as a franchise. It's the only team in the NFC to have been to the playoffs four years in a row. One of them was a losing record last season, and this year they were fighting the whole way. So it speaks to, if nothing else, the culture of the franchise, that they're just willing to battle it out to the end. Yeah, oh yeah. And this is a team, you know, you go back, you know, they're four and seven at one point. So, I mean, that's one of those where there's very few teams – periods that have lost six out of seven in a season and made the playoffs. Um, so I think it speaks to, you know, being able to kind of weather the highs and lows um, and stay together. I and mean, that's kind of the biggest part is, is to recognize that, you know, you can get back into it, but it's not going to be easy. They did that really well. I mean, they won four in a row to kind of get back on top in the division. And even then, I mean, if you think about, you mentioned, you know, them being eight and nine, last year and, and mm-hmm. losing in the first round of the playoffs, I think it would have been really easy to duplicate that and not accomplish much besides hanging a banner. So I think for them to win another game on top of what they did last year and then to win a playoff game, I think definitely separated things. And even um, Sunday in Detroit was a loss, but it's a loss. It's a one score loss, you know, where they had the ball 
with two minutes to go and a chance to tie. So I think the fact that they stayed in in these games and kind of fought to the end, if you will, speaks well to to who they are and, and how close they were this year. Greg Alman covers the NFC South for Fox Sports after hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. So often when a team falls out of the playoffs, and I think it has to do with expectations, the first gut reaction is, oh, fire the coach. It's time for a change. And yet we're not hearing any of that around Tampa. How did this team find stability, not just post-Brady, but post-Bruce Arians with his abrupt exit? Yeah, that was a lot to change there. Um, You know, and I think... The first year the Bulls had, because the coaching change happened in March, kind of later in the year, it wasn't necessarily entirely his team, the way you think about a, a new coach having a team. So there were some tweaks to his coaching staff after one year, uh, made some changes on offense. Dave Canales is the new coordinator here, and that was probably the biggest change. You know, I think having a second year uh, with Bowles as the head coach, you think about a team carrying a coach's disposition and mm-hmm. mentality and demeanor and all that. And I think this is probably a little closer to a Bulls team as opposed to an Arians team that Bulls took over this season. I think that's a big part of kind of the forward progress maybe that made them a better team in, in 23. Bowles has been steadfast in his support of Baker Mayfield. In fact, he called him, I think it was a warrior earlier in the season. <laughs> Why does Baker fit with the Bucks? Yeah, it's been neat. And then obviously Baker, you know, he's a guy, you know, former number one overall pick, certainly had every opportunity there in Cleveland. And, and you know, it was unfortunate for him that they they wanted to upgrade to Deshaun Watson, you know, and that obviously has worked a certain way for, for Cleveland the last two years. But Baker, if you look back to 2020, that was definitely um, probably the best that Baker had been, um, leading a team to the playoffs, career highs. I think 27 touchdowns that year. So when he came here to Tampa, I mean, I think there was an awareness that could be what, you know, what he's capable of. But if it didn't work out, if he didn't turn things around, this was probably his last chance to go into a season as a starter for a team. You know, you, you kind of run out of those opportunities eventually. You know, I think he still had to beat out Kyle Trask here. It wasn't necessarily given to him. Mm. But I think there was a recognition that, you know, you get this guy for $4 million. Um, you know, it's it's about the low end for starting quarterbacks to be. And I think he had a chance to reestablish himself and, and show that he can be a starting quarterback. And, you know, I don't think people expected quite the bounce back year he had um, to, you know, reset career highs in passing yards and passing touchdowns. And a lot like 2020, you know, lead a team back to the playoffs and, and then win a playoff game as well. What do we know about a possible deal for him, Mike Evans, and some of the other key free agents? Where is the team with them? Yeah, there's four or five big free agents that will be a priority for them. They have the cap space uh, to get most of them back. Um, but it definitely starts with Mayfield. I mean, this is one where you know, I think he'll make about $6.8 million with incentives this year, and we'll, we'll be in line for so much more than that. So it's just a matter of figuring out what, I guess, what a contract is that makes him happy. I don't think it'll be as high as some of these big quarterback deals in recent years in terms of Daniel Jones and some of the other top tier. I, mean, I think a lot of people will point to Geno Smith, um, the deal he got last year from Seattle. That was basically three and seventy-five million dollars. You know, I think Mayfield has an awareness of wanting to keep the best players around him too. So I don't, I don't think he gains much if he gets a massive contract, but doesn't have Mike Evans back or doesn't uh-huh. have Antoine Wilson Winfield back. That's definitely um, something he's been aware of and even publicly kind of said, hey, if he's back, he wants Mike back. And and he recognizes that sacrifices are going to have to be made 
by everybody if they want to keep everything together. So it's it's not just Baker. Again, Mike Evans will be easily the best receiver in this free agency class if he gets out. Antoine Winfield's probably the best safety in this free agency class. You know, those three are huge. And then you have Levante David, who's you know played his entire career here. He's 33, so that's a little bit different. And then Devin White is is probably the one that's most likely to get away as a former first round pick and a big part of their Super Bowl team three years ago, but somebody who who's really kind of fallen off a bit this year and taken a step back, didn't even really finish the year as as a primary or starting linebacker. Does Mike Evans want to stay in Tampa? Yeah, very much. I mean, this one was where he, he's played his entire career right. here, ten years in one place. Talks about how you know I think he knows how rare it is to get to, especially a receiver to spend your whole career in one place. You know, you think about that 14 draft class that he's a big part of and everybody's bounced around. I mean, that's, you know, you got Brandon cooks and a bunch of guys that are on four, if not five teams. And really for a while, it was just him and Devonte Adams. are the only guys that had stayed in one place. And even Devonte now has obviously moved on uh, from green Bay. Again, I think he's very prideful, wants to be paid like a top tier receiver in the NFL, um, you know, and just finished out a, a five year deal that paid him about sixteen million a year, which is fairly low by <laughs> top tier NFL receiver standards. Right. So I think it'll be more than that. It's just a matter of if he wants it to be uh, twenty five, twenty seven, twenty eight million, kind of in that Cooper Cup range. It might have to be with another team. I don't know if the Bucks are interested to pay that much, but they very much want him back. This is an iconic player here in Tampa, probably yes. the best offensive player in team history, um, has completely rewritten all of their receiving records, already has all the career marks for yards and touchdowns and reception. Um, the game he had Sunday, I think he had 147 yards Sunday, basically the best receiving playoff game in Bucks history. I think he has the top four <laughs> receiving games. Yes. It's like it's one of those where the record book is, is him, <laughs> and, and the, the ones that aren't him, Chris Godwin probably has half the other ones in the game. <laughs> So uh, they've kind of rewritten the books here a little bit. Yeah, he's definitely one of the best. And he and Baker developed a rapport pretty quickly, it seems like, so you can understand why yeah. Baker definitely wants him back. Uh, Greg Alman covers the NFC South, not just the Bucks, for Fox Sports, and he's with us here after our CBS Sports Radio. Let's talk about the Falcons because I think at last check, they had interviewed 14 different candidates for head coach. What's the latest on that coaching opening? Yeah, casting a wide net and, and not afraid to go after the kind of the biggest fish that are out there. Um, I think Arthur Blank has always kind of been an ambitious owner as NFL owners go. So Jim Harbaugh is in that group. Bill Belichick is in that group. And then also now pretty much the top assistants that are available as well. I think once Belichick got a second interview, there are a lot of people that thought it might be his to lose or, or, or kind of you know his job, if you will, which is wild. You think about you know Belichick, his entire you think about the last 24 years in one place, um, 10 Super Bowls, six wins. And you have the Falcons as a franchise have never won the Super Bowl. And you know, the closest they came, obviously, not winning it was because of Bill Belichick in 23 and, and that game there. So it'd be wild if that's the pairing. But they've continued to interview a lot of other people since then. Um, ben Johnson and Bobby Slug. I mean, the, the, the list of it's pretty much a who's who of the candidates who were available. And I think that speaks to um, this being a team that, you know, is really close to being a playoff team and probably just needs a, a coach and be a quarterback. Um, <laughs> is that all? And, and, and that's, that's two big, two big ones to check off. But I do think if they can find uh, the right guy at quarterback, the rest of this team, you know, lines up like a playoff team, especially in a division that, you know, is fairly up for grabs. Um, you can see why a lot of coaches are interested.
What is Arthur Blank looking for? Yeah, he hasn't really said. I mean, they talked about uh, having head coaching experience be a priority, which would that would definitely lend itself more towards the veterans in this group, whether it's Belichick or Jim Harbaugh or even Mike Vrabel, whose son was on the Falcons team this, this past year. They've pointed to those things, but I don't think they've locked into that. I mean, I think they've talked to some of the best assistants that are out there that are young, that are not even 40 yet, and would be a departure. You know, I mean, I think they had gone young offensive assistant three years ago when they brought in Arthur Smith, and that didn't necessarily work. Um, it's really easy sometimes for these NFL teams to, um, it's kind of like a rebound relationship where you go from the opposite of what you had before. If you had an old defensive coach, you go with a young offensive coach, and you kind of do the opposite of what you did that didn't work the last time. But I do think there's a desire to stay on the offensive side. We've seen that on, on, on most of the young assistants that have come in. Um, but if you look at Houston, if you look at D'Amico Ryans, that's a defensive-minded coach that was able to find the right assistant and really cultivate a, a great you know, young quarterback and, and develop uh, C.J. Stroud into who he's been this year. Greg, we know now that the Panthers have promoted a former player to their GM position. What's their next step? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, they, you know, there's still five other openings, you know, five openings in the NFL right now. So they, they're still one of the least, you know, would argue one of the least attractive jobs that's still open just mm. because they have an owner who's fired three coaches in six years from a talent standpoint. You know, not a very talented team this past year. Uh, it's exciting to have a young quarterback in Bryce Young, but they obviously didn't have the year uh, that you expect from a number one overall pick, 11 touchdowns against 10 interceptions. So I think, you know, for someone to take this job, A, they have to buy into Bryce Young. They have to be sold on Bryce being somebody they think they can take a big step forward with. Um, and then, you know, also turn things around in a city that hasn't had a lot to be excited about. Um, has gone a couple of years without being meaningful, without playing playoff football. You have to hope that David Tepper is a little bit more patient uh, mm-hmm. as an owner, just because, I mean, again, this is three times in his six years he's fired a coach in midseason. So uh, I think there's going to be some consternation from any coach that comes in, just wondering whether he'll have the time to get the turnaround the franchise needs. Greg Alman covers the NFC South. We're working our way through so much transition, so many question marks. And I would say Bryce Young, uh, at least from the national perspective, is still a question mark. What was your opinion of his rookie season? Not the splash you want when you trade up so much that they traded to get the number one pick. DJ Moore and multiple first-round picks, including the number one pick in this draft. Um, So, no, I think there were flashes you saw the end, I mean, it's one of those where you go 2-15, and 15, you're not going to have a whole lot of signature moments and exciting moments, mm. but I think the, the end of the Packers game, um, even though it was a loss, was probably where he broke out and really showed something. I think he threw for 167 yards in the fourth quarter, two touchdowns, um, didn't ultimately win, but kind of did all the right things. They had so few um, legit downfield threats on that team that, you know, I think it was a lot of short passes to Adam Thielen, DJ Shark, um, the rookie Jonathan Mingo had to moments. But for the most part, you know, this in terms of yards per attempt, this is the worst offense in the NFL. So um, you have to hope that, you know, that's not something that's scarring for Bryce Young, um, for somebody that, you know, only lost three times in college as a starter. Right. To go from that to 2-15 and 15 is, is a pretty jarring adjustment. But again, I think you know what you saw in Bryce was certainly a maturity, a leadership aspect that's hard to appreciate when you're losing as consistently as they lost. But 
I, I think there's there's not a shortage of people that still believe in him. Um, I mean, Todd Bowles, uh, the Bucks had them in Week 18, and Bowles was ridiculously complimentary of Bryce Young, just talking mm. about how he still thinks he's going to be one of the best to ever do it at his position, um, which is hard when you when you've seen so little flashes of of you know dominance in that first year. That leaves us with the Saints. And so before I let you go, Greg, what is the biggest question facing them this offseason now that they've decided to keep Dennis Allen? Yeah, that was kind of the big thing. I mean, this is a team that, you know, is going to have some issues with the salary cap. I mean, they're about, they went into the offseason about $88 million over the cap. Um, this is something they've done before, um, but it's going to take a lot of maneuvering and restructuring and probably losing some of the better players to get, just to get under the cap. Uh, but no, I mean, it's one of those where this was a veteran group you know, defensively finished nine and eight. That's a tie for the best record in the division, just behind the Bucks on a tiebreaker. Let's finish the year well. I mean, Derek Carr probably had his best month in the final month of the season. I forget the finals, but it was like twelve touchdowns against two picks, maybe in the last four games. Came out and really, really beat up on Atlanta in the last week of the season in a rivalry game. So I think there's a little bit of positive momentum there. Um, they're an older team on defense. So they're kind of defying the odds to have guys like Demario Davis, Cam Jordan, still playing at a high level at, at 36 and 34. Um, they need some of those younger guys on defense to start clicking and start paying off. They need to draft well. Um, but no, this is another thing where I mean they nine and eight. They're they're a tiebreaker away from winning division title. Right. They don't have to worry about a first place schedule. Um, so they'll be right there, especially if they can take a step forward on offense. I mean they've made some changes uh, on their offensive staff. Will there be new coaches in place there? You know, if they can get a full season like the final month that Derek Carr had, there's a lot in play and a lot of talent that can get that team to really contend not only for the division, but for, for making a dent in the playoffs, too. Definitely wondrous variety in the NFC South. Uh, so many possibilities moving forward and so much change. You can find Greg on Twitter at Greg Alman, A-U-M-A-N, covers the NFC South for Fox Sports, is based there in Tampa. Greg, thank you so much for a couple of minutes. It's great to catch up with you. Oh, sure, Amy. We'll do it again. Thanks for having me. There is the latest intel on the Falcons and their coaching surf and search. And they are surfing the field. And what Arthur Blank is looking for. The Panthers, obviously, are meticulously slow. But I love what Greg says about how there are so many other jobs open still with the Panthers having some extraordinary challenges, starting with the owner any of the guys who are running for more than one job may not want to take the job in in Carolina until it's the last option. Now that's playing a gamble, you know, a, playing a game and, and gambling uh, in a way that might leave you on the outside looking in. Um, and then in New Orleans, questions about the defense, but they also finished above 500. So good stuff there, mostly about the Buccaneers and the season that exceeded expectations and. Now what for Baker Mayfield? And I like what he had to say about the range, uh, the the deal that might be offered to him. But also, did you catch what Greg had to say? It won't be Daniel Jones money. You know, the elite quarterbacks like that. (laughs) All right. On Twitter, A-Law Radio. Also, after our CBS, if you ever need the link to our podcast, it's up every weekday morning on both Twitter and our Facebook page. And speaking of Twitter, I did just share the link for Tyler Bass's chosen charity. It is, in fact, one that supports adoption for felines. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good for him. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. It's a Touchdown Tuesday on After Hours. Firing for the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Touchdown. Takes it himself to the pylon. Touchdown. One man to beat 10. He's gone. They throw in the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Hey, the guy missed. He's inside the five. He's to the three to one. Tom Stubbs. Southern into the end zone. Touchdown. To cast your vote for the TD of the week, head to at After Hours CBS on Twitter or give us a call at 855-212-4227. The Baltimore Ravens. Hold it himself. Runs to the left. He's to the five. Lamar's in. Touchdown, Ravens. They're going to have a championship game in Baltimore because the hate of the barn. The San Francisco 49ers. Here we go. Purdy under center. check offset left. Coming in motion, Warner. Next to Kittle, tight right. check goes right. Purdy takes it, hands off to McCaffrey off the left side. Breaks a tackle. Touchdown! San Francisco! The Detroit Lions. Jared leans in. There's the snap. Jared back. Jared looks. Jared throws right side. It is caught. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Amon Ross St. Brown. Jared Goff with the delivery. 14 with a catch. And the Lions with an extra point can double up their lead with 6.22 to play. Man, Dan, look. He's dropping dimes, nickels, quarters. Jared is dropping it all out there today. Beautiful pass from number 16. What a drive by the Detroit Lions that time. What a drive when they needed it. The Kansas City Chiefs. Goal to go at the four-yard line for the Chiefs, trailing 24-20. Pacheco running back. Chiefs will use the shotgun. Motioning left is Hardman. They give it off to Pacheco. Slamming on the left side. Angling into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. Pop, goggle.
Bortles, the sweet nectar of the end zone, and the Chiefs are back in front, 26-24. to 24. One touchdown from each of the four winners, each of the four teams still standing, and you can vote for after hours TD of the week. Lamar Jackson with four touchdowns, two through the air, two on the ground. And if you're wondering, that game is re-airing right now on NFL Network. 100 yards rushing as well, so pretty impressive for what many consider to be the presumptive NFL MVP. Ravens hosting the AFC Championship game. You hear Jerry Sandusky with the call against the Chiefs. Isaiah Pacheco with the go-ahead touchdown. In fact, the only points in the fourth quarter of Chiefs and Bills early in the fourth. That's Mitch Holtis. Then you've got Christian McCaffrey, Greg Papa on the call for Niners Radio. And that was the late drive for the San Francisco 49ers against the Packers. This is a minute to go. We're talking about clutch as Brock Purdy and the weapons around him step up and regain the lead against Green Bay. And then finally, Detroit history in the making. Now one win away from the Super Bowl. Of course, they'll be on the road for the NFC Championship, but Jared Goff hearing the serenades from the fans there at Ford Field and another really impressive second half for he and the Lions offense, and that's Dan Miller with the call on Lions Radio. And Dan, a guest, of course, with us last week uh, when we had history for Detroit in that home game that was won in their own building. Awesome stuff. Uh, so you can vote on Twitter after our CBS or on my Twitter, ALAW Radio. And uh, also still Monday MVP is live. And we'll take whatever vote you like to cast. Some of you choose write-in ballots. Uh, you think that we are woefully inept in picking our options for Monday MVP and TD of the week. So it is your prerogative to be able to write in some votes. Uh, keeping our eyes on the quarterfinals of the Australian Open, Novak Djokovic and the last male American, that's Taylor Fritz. He took the second set, actually. He broke Novak in the opening game of the second set and then on serve the rest of the way. So they're even at one set apiece, but Novak is mad now and is making fairly quick work of the third set. He's already up 4-1 over Taylor. I had enough. So we, this is what happens. He finds another gear and people get left in his wake. Uh, so we'll keep you updated there. Also, if you didn't see what happened with Coco Goff earlier, uh, also in the quarterfinals of the Australian Open, uh, pretty sweet comeback for her, even as she was on the ropes in the first set. So she was facing multiple set points against her challenger, Marta Kostyuk. I'm asking Marco Belletti with my eyebrows up in the air. Is that how you pronounce her name? I have no idea. Koschuk. There is a website, though, that they'll pronounce their own name. That's helpful in these situations. It it was uh, one of those matches where there's just lots of errors on both sides. And early on, it was Coco who was down. She was on the ropes. She actually had to save two set points. So could have dropped uh, that opening set. But then came back from down five to one. Earned the opening set on the tiebreaker. Ended up having to go to a third set anyway, and it was more than three hours of tennis. So you can imagine uh, she was exhausted, and she was interviewed on court on Australian Open TV after the match. And I'm not exactly sure who was asking her, but the question was about the heat and whether or not that had anything to do with this match and how she started, but also if it had any impact on her as the match stretched on. 
I'm from South Florida, so I'm used to the heat. Uh, it's pretty even hotter uh, at home, to be honest. Um, no, uh, I was just trying to get one more game in the first set and at least make it competitive. Um, and then, you know, one game turned to another, and then I was able to uh, win that set. And then um, in the second, I put myself in opportunity. I think I got a little bit passive. So when I came out in the third, I was just trying to play aggressive and hit through the court because uh, I knew if I left something standing, she was going to take advantage. This is really cool for Coco, and she's obviously gaining a lot of fans around the world. Uh, But to see her come back in this particular situation and claim a spot in the semifinals, uh, sure, she's the fourth seed, but she was on the ropes, and a lot can be made of her not giving up in that first set even and then fighting her way all the way back. Uh, she's, She's got a lot of spirit, a lot of heart, and it was great to see it on display. Happy. Uh, really proud of the fight that I showed today. Marta is a, a tough opponent. Every time we play, it's a tough match. Um, and yeah, I really fought and left it all on the court today. Looking for her second consecutive Grand Slam championship because she won the U.S. Open last fall and now is on a streak of 12 consecutive matches won in these Grand Slam tournaments. And I love this from, from Coco Goff. I'm not sure exactly how they got to this point, um, but she was, she is someone who sticks to a routine like a lot of athletes do. And part of her routine is that she eats fruit salad uh, during changeovers. She'll grab some fruit as well. And it's part of how she grew up as a younger, well, she's still fairly young, a younger tennis player. Growing up, when I was training at academies, my mom, or my dad, mostly my mom, <laughs> would pack up coolers for me um, so I could, like, be able to practice all day. And, and it consisted of, like, fruit snacks uh, or fruit, uh, applesauce, and Gatorade. Um, so, yeah, I mean, why change something that always works? I know a lot of people like to use the gels and the fancy stuff, but I just like the natural fruit. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's what I've been eating on the changeovers so far. I never really get tired, even after a long match so it's been working fruit and Pedialyte is the secret weapon she's cute and and she's fierce on the court she's happy I love her smile and I love the the radiance and also just love her tenacity she's the total package uh, and maybe now just now coming into her own but still just 19 years old which is crazy Uh, but good for her it'll be fun to see her in the final four as well into the semifinals and yeah we're keeping our eyes on Novak and Taylor Fritz at Rod Laver Arena right now. There's been a lot of complaints about the fact that these matches go so late. Australian Open time, so Melbourne time. Uh, some of these matches ending at 3 o'clock in the morning down under. It's good stuff for us. We don't mind, of course, because uh, we get to watch them live. But the other thing that happens is they're trying to navigate heat, right? And so with it sometimes being extreme temperatures on a hard court, uh, they're okay with with matches starting later. Before we get to your update, Marco Belletti, uh, I saw that you grabbed a piece of sound from the Korean broadcast team mm-hmm. that called the miss by Tyler Bass. Uh, so can you tell us what folder it's in because we want to play it while you're sitting there. Okay, so producer Jay, never mind. He found it. He's resourceful. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> we're stealing this from Marco. He, he found wow. this piece of audio. This is awesome. <laughs> 그랬기 때문에 조셸런 선수가 오른쪽으로 나오면서 시간을 벌어봤지만 오픈된 리시버를 찾을 수 없었습니다. 44야드 걸립니다. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives. Streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. gosh their reaction was pretty much the same as many football fans all around the world yeah i i i don't speak the language so i don't know if there was a wide right after all that screaming <laughs> uh but yeah i'm sure bill's fans are like any any language that sucks i don't want to hear it yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Same as the reaction in my living room when I yelled, oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. And yet some part of me could actually believe it. I got to be fair. I didn't think he was hitting it. I know it's only 41. I just didn't. Everybody seems to forget that there's pressure. There's wind like that. That was not it's, it's a kick he has to make on this level. I get it. I just didn't think it was a gimme. I, I well, no, it's not a gimme. You have forty plus yards and well, freezing I'm, cold temperatures. Look, I get wind. it. In this day and age, uh, every kicker seems to be ninety nine percent from you know forty five and in. I, and you, you only expect them to miss, and even that, it's got to be fifty five plus. And we're always kind of like, oh wow. We just assume because kickers have gotten so good. So I guess, and I get it in that regard. But in that moment, in that pressure, in that environment, uh, I didn't think. I didn't think he was going to make it before he kicked it. Mm. I wouldn't have been stunned if he did. I just didn't expect him to make it. So if you're wondering about Tyler's charity, it is called the 10 Lives Club. It's cat adoption and finding homes for felines. And so I just did share the link. A friend of mine, Louise, passed it along with the link. And get this, more than $25,000 in donations from football fans, presumably, on Monday. So Bill's Mafia showing up. Yeah, it's really nice. Uh, especially with all, I mean, look, he doesn't deserve all the nonsense that no. came along with that. Nonsense. No one does. No. Um, Vitriol. Look, I understand frustration. C- come on. Let's let's take a step back and also let's not put it on the one kick. You had yeah, right. how many millions of opportunities right. so in that many. game? Let's let's not put it on the one kick. So many. So find it on Twitter, A Law Radio, uh, our Facebook page too. You can vote for TD of the Week and Monday MVP. And Josh Allen speaking on Monday. It had to be a manic Monday for him. Oh! Uh, he didn't sound like that, but I bet he felt like that. You are listening to the After Hours podcast. And there is the last kneel down, and that will do it. The remaining 25 seconds will tick away as the Bills are only left thinking about what could have been as their arch nemesis in the playoffs strikes again. The third time in four years, Buffalo's postseason 
is ended prematurely by the Kansas City Chiefs. Sucks. Losing sucks. Losing them, losing anybody at home sucks. Losing sucks. I don't know what else to say. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Oh, so dramatic. That's actually the first time I've heard the final call from Chris Brown on Bill's radio. It's painful. Third time in four years. If you haven't heard Dawson Knox, I think there's some hope from uh, the Buffalo tight end, but also there's this air of, are you kidding me? This can't keep happening. So, yeah, he's thinking about, Kansas City Chiefs next year, and I guess that's where you have to put your focus. I think I've gone to the AFC Championship every year um, since I've been in the league. Um, so just, you know, they're at that top of that mountain that we want to be at. So um, in order to be the best, you got to be the best. And I think, you know, next season we definitely want to be that team. So um, definitely a little Groundhog's Day feeling, and I can't really put my finger on one thing or one particular thing we could have done differently. But... Um, we got all the talent in the world, and I know that this team's going to be motivated as ever um, coming off of this one. A Groundhog Day feeling. Ouch. I'm sure it's the same for Bill's Mafia. And probably some of that for Josh Allen as well. Though, to have to sit up in front of the media and talk about it again, I give him credit for doing it. It's surreal. Um, on the bright side, we woke up this morning, right? We're We're all here. Um, you know, losing, losing's never fun. It's, it's a part of the game. It's the worst, well, second worst part of the game. Obviously, injuries are the worst part of the game, but, um, it's the reason why you play this game is because you don't want to feel this way. But when you do feel this way, it, it makes, um, winning all that much more special. And, you know, this isn't something that we're going to run from. It's not something we're going to hide from. You know, we got to, we got to take it on the chin and, continue to learn and get better and I know that doesn't it's not what people want to hear uh, they want to see results we want to see results we're just like just like you guys we we want to win you know and that's that's the fact and uh, at the end of the season there's one happy team and we're going to keep fighting and, and keep working as hard as we can until until we are that one team there's a little more with Josh Allen that we'll get to in the second half of the show but Todd is listening in Tampa and wants to weigh in Todd welcome to after hours Amy, let's get down to business here. I just want to say, you know, all these, quote, experts over here on, on Jody Mack's show, I said the Bucks would be in the NFC Championship game, okay? And and I like Todd Bowles. His name is Todd. My name is Todd. But he coached a bad game. He co- yeah, we should have won that game. It was 17-17 at halftime, okay? And we didn't play well at all. Mike. Mike Evans was housing everybody down there, okay? And, and for everybody to tell you we didn't expect anything and this, that, that they don't know football. I know the talent on this team. We're the only team standing in the NFC that's got any, any Lombardi trophies, any, any hardware on that team. Levante David, we didn't send him. He's the Lawrence Taylor of linebackers, and we didn't send him on the blitz. We shut Philadelphia down, and we and, and, and we didn't play. You know, our record is indicative. When we play prevent, when we play zone, instead of instead of press man, we get clobbered. We never gave up three touchdowns in the second half in all season long. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it's just, it's, I'm telling the Glazers, I'm telling everybody, I said we'd be in the NFC Championship game, and we should have been there. And we were up. 
we lost 27 to 14 to San Francisco when we had the ball at the nine and the 15 yard line in San Francisco. And John Lynch knows he didn't like my dad's favorite player, GM of the 49ers. He knows he didn't want to see us. They're going to run over Detroit. And I'll tell you right now, John, if you don't bring any pressure, if you don't, Devin White's got three defensive turnovers in the postseason. We put him on the bench and we put KJ Britt in there. It was a terribly coached game. I give Detroit credit with the noise. And all of that, all mm-hmm. of the pandemonium over there. Mm-hmm. It was seventeen seventeen at halftime, and then we, and then we, and then with one fifty nine. After all that mess, we kicked up. We go for two, which is so stupid. Don't give me that. Go for one. Well, it, it wasn't stupid, and it actually didn't end up no. mattering, right? Because they they turned the ball over at the last opportunity. But uh, Todd, I, I can tell that you're not quite done processing. So we're glad to give you some therapy. Uh, the Buccaneers, I believe, still have more to give. So we'll see what happens in this offseason with their free agent deals. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 